I brought my guitar. And, and I, I wrote a verse just for today. I wrote a verse just for today. I used all the coronavirus health, health recommendations and put them into a song. Um, and, but I just thought, nah, we've talked about it enough, don't you think? We've talked about it. Now, who's sick of talking about it? It's just sick of it. Now, we need to be informed and we need to be wise, but we don't need to keep jabbing it in our own eyes. That's the thing. So I thought, why not? Let's just get back to the Word of God. Let's get back to where we were going to be. I decided not to write a different message for the weekend, but to pursue what I felt God had already put on my heart. And, of course, we are in a theme this year of the come together. And um, uh, funnily enough, I'd said I wasn't going to preach like a big series of messages on that, but that's what the year has turned into. Anyway, because it feels like every time I go to prepare, I get a word that somehow revolves around that theme coming out of, out of Ephesians chapter 1. And uh, the fact that God's will is that he bring all things together in Christ. And we've talked about how that uh, really does begin with us. His whole desire to heal and repair the whole world begins with individuals as he begins to pull together the scattered fragments of our lives. Often our lives do get scattered, impacted by the world that we live in, the, the society that we're part of, sometimes impacted by our own poor decisions, and our lives can become fragmented. But who's glad that Jesus is all about pulling us back together, bringing wholeness to our lives so that we can then in turn be part of God's plan of bringing wholeness to others. So I'm going to go down that track today. Is that good? My dad would have been 99 last Friday. Uh, if he was still around, he would have turned 99. And I was thinking about it. I mean, you, you know, it's, it's pretty hard not to think of your parents on their birthday. And um, uh, once you're not a teenager. And uh, it's, I'm just joking. And so I'm thinking about Dad and I'm thinking of things that stood out. And uh, the first thing, funnily enough, that I think of my father when I think of my father is his knobby knees. He had real knobby knees, you know, like these little sticky out kneecaps. And, and uh, I can remember as a kid... We did a lot of beach fishing. Dad was a mad keen beach fisherman and I spent a lot of time just walking beside him up the beach while we were walking from one end of Byron Bay to the other. We lived at Suffolk Park. We had a house there at Suffolk Park and walked that whole beach. And, uh, and the funny thing is now at my age, if I'm in shorts and I'm on the beach and I'm walking up the beach, I look down at my own knees and I'm like, I am my father. All of a sudden, I don't know when that happened, but it did. I've got the same knobby knees. And I think of his, um, uh, his impatience. He, dad was just like wound up like a 90 day clock. Uh, and, uh, he just was go, 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 could not stay. Nothing could happen quick enough. He was just always go, 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 push, push, push. But maybe one of the most common sounds I recall from childhood, maybe this isn't so good, but it's just like the impatient <clears throat> when something wasn't turning out right, you know, and as long as I wasn't a part of that something, everything was cool. Uh, the other thing is probably I think that really stands out was his undying love uh, and devotion for my mother. And, uh, and that was a positive memory that's impacted me incredibly. I hope it's flowed on to my own married life in some small way. 
we'll let Pastor Sue be the judge of that. Anyway, uh, I do have other memories too. I, I mean, when you look around, I can, I can remember the worst memory I had, I think, revolving around my father. And, uh, and it all began... Uh, the worst memory, I can tell you what it was, the worst memory was wait in the bathroom until your father gets home. That was a done thing once. Don't do it now, wives. You're not setting your, your man up for a win when you do that. But um, uh, I remember that and I remember how it started because we had a wooden, ha- a wooden home up in Rockville in, uh, in Toowoomba here. Little low stumps you had to crawl in to get under the house. Wooden floor, low wooden stumps and... Um, and uh, I'd crawled in there with an ANZ bank piggy bank, which was like a, a bank vault they used to be. They had combinations on them. And, and anyone born in 1964 will know what I'm talking about. Anyway, they, I had one of those jammed full of matches. And I'd crawled in under the house so mum couldn't see me. And I'm trying to light the piggy bank up. Uh, and mum's feet appear the toes appear beside me on the ground and I look around and uh, and mum shut me in the bathroom till dad got home and one thing I can say is I have never played with fire since I have never played with fire since I've, I treat fire with great respect and I guess maybe that's the point it's a funny thing but memories have the capacity to remap our behavior to reshape the way that we see things and and feel about things or respond to things. Uh, memories are very, very powerful like that. As a matter of fact, I've got a, a quote just from a, um, a psychology website. Uh, it wasn't very hard to find. I didn't think it would be. And it simply says this, memories have the capacity to alter our feelings, change our worldview and perception of the realities that surround us. Isn't that phenomenal? That's the power of memories. You can actually, I guess some of us may have experienced that at some point, where you remember something and you can literally go back to the emotional moment. Have you ever had that where you've remembered something and obviously they're generally a big thing, you remember something and you begin to feel the same emotions even if it was many years previously. That's the power of uh, of memories. And so I'm going to speak into that today because we all have them. Some are happy, some are sad, some are devastating. Those ones are often around uh, failure of ourselves doing or being involved in something that we're less than proud of or possibly even someone else stepping over boundaries and violating our personal security in some way. Those memories can be devastating and and they really stick in your memory. They tend to show up in our ongoing daily conversation we have with ourselves that we call self-talk. Who does that? Who's got a little voice running around your head and it's you? Uh, By any other definition, that's probably crazy, but I mean, everyone does it. Um, other times, it's interesting, but when you recall moments and they come back to memory, they're projected on the big screen of your mind. And you can see, and you can see faces, or you can see situations, you can see it all so clearly. And it's amazing because it's all simply a function of our mind and what is rattling around on the inside of our head. 
For example, the look of disappointment or betrayal on a friend, in a friend's eyes when they realise you've let them down. Or the embarrassment of being caught in a lie. The guilt and shame of putting yourself in a situation that undermines your integrity and your self-worth. So the question really is, um, uh, what, you know, it's not what about memories, it's what do we do with memories? Uh, and the fact is some memories are good, some memories are empowering, some memories, you know, you either learn a great life lesson out of them and it pays not to forget them. Or they're great and fond memories of really positive things that empower your future. But there are some memories, some things that we can recall that actually inhibit our ability to get into our future, that inhibit our ability for, for uh, our lives to come back together in a way that God would have them to. And so I want to talk today about what to do with memories. And I guess that's a question, what to do with memories, the kind of memories. I, I don't need to talk about the good ones so much but the kind of memories that don't take us into our future. And, and I want to go to a passage of Scripture in Hebrews. I, I'm going to use a couple of passages of Scripture in Hebrews today. But Hebrews chapter 11, which is a really, it's probably the best known chapter in that book. A lot of uh, Scripture is quoted out of that. And of course, Hebrews chapter 11 is, it's like the hall of fame for people who honoured God by living by faith in a broad spectrum of circumstances and uh, and they pleased God with their faith and they moved into their futures in faith. Some of them saw amazing things happen through their lives. You've got Moses and the Exodus and you've got Abraham and leaving all his father's inheritance, whatever he had, his place of respect, his place of responsibility, everything behind to go to a place, Scripture says, that he did not know of. By faith, he just chose to follow God, step out and see what happened next. And so he, Brittany, it is great to see you here. You doing good? That's good. Sorry about that. But there's also people that didn't get there. There's also people that, that, that trusted God and they're in scripture, not because of some great achievement in the sense of what we might consider achievement, but simply because they were faithful. And it's interesting because as people, we tend to look at achievement and external things and it's like you've either made it or you didn't. But in God, there's another category in the middle called faithful. We're just being faithful no matter what happens, being faithful in itself is a win. So I love this passage of scripture and uh, beginning in verse 13 and the author of Hebrews is talking about these people, the Moseses, the Abrahams, the Isaiahs, etc. And he says, these all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off, were assured of them, embraced them and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. For those who say such things declare plainly that they seek a homeland. And truly, if they had called to mind that country from which they had come out, 
they would have had opportunity to return. If they had called to mind, if they had remembered the place where they'd been, they would have had opportunity to return. But now they desire a better, that is a heavenly country. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. Because these people walked by faith, you know, desiring, I'm sure they desired to see everything God had put in their heart. They, that's why they were walking by faith. They were reaching out, stretching out for what God had for them, even though they might not have seen it all come to pass. But here's the interesting thing. They were moving toward it, but not having to see it. They didn't have to see it to stay faithful. They stayed faithful whether they were going to see it or not. They were just moving in God's faith direction. Knowing that God had something better, they determined this world was not their destination and refused to become totally part of it. They refused to believe that this is all there is. And therefore they lived differently day to day because they weren't looking back. They weren't looking from the past. They were on this mighty faith adventure that went day by day, step by step into their future, even not knowing what it held. And some of them never quite got there. Most of them, actually all of them. Because I think God's vision for our lives is always bigger than what we can comprehend anyway. And so they're moving towards it in faith because they have determined to let go of the past. It says here, an opportunity to return. You grab him, mate, that's fine. We'll wait. An opportunity to return. And it's linked to if they had called to mind. This thought of if, if you start thinking about, if you start intentionally remembering where you've come from, it's going to open up a doorway for you to end up there. You think about the way that we are created. We're created in the image of an incredibly creative God. When you think about it, everything that we see in our world was once only ever in the imagination of God. The blue sky we see, the beautiful creation all around us was only ever in the imagination of God. And then he spoke and it came to pass. And in the same way, often we take things into our imagination. What you're imagining today is probably what you will be living tomorrow. At some point, you begin to Create that in your spirit and create your own future. And here scripture is saying they only moved into what God had for them because they refused to look at back at where they had come from. They refused to allow the memories of the past to shape their future. And I guess that's the whole thing about memories, whether they are good memories or bad memories. All memories have one thing in common. All of them are about the past. And actually, that might not be where your future is. Your future is not meant to be in your past. How tragic is it when people keep bringing their past into their future? And that's what I want to speak into today. And I want to look at another passage in Hebrews chapter 9. 
And talking about Jesus, and I'm going to use a, a, a bit of an application here. We know that the book of Hebrews, uh, the bulk of the book is all about the superiority of Jesus Christ over what the Hebrew people had developed as their system of worship and approaching God. So Jesus is a greater high priest. He's a greater tabernacle. There's greater worship, a greater sacrifice, a, great, a whole heap of things that he's greater. And this is one of those passage where the writer of Hebrews is comparing Jesus with what went before as far as a religious system went. And he says in verse 11, but Christ came as high priest, listen to it, of the good things to come. Now, I know that the writer of Hebrews is saying there, there will be a better covenant. There is a better covenant. Now, Jesus has come. He's revealed a better way to be in relationship with God. He's revealed a more intimate, personal way. He's revealed, uh, a, you know, an, a, an incredible communion that you can have with God. I just love the thought that Jesus came of a it came of a future way, that his whole focus is the good things to come. In other words, God is all about your future, not about your past. And it goes on to say, with the greater and more perfect tabernacle not made with hands, that is not of this creation. He's talking about, you know, his tabernacle, his body, rather than just bricks and stone or whatever. Um a great tabernacle, not with the blood of bulls and goats, which used to be sacrificed in their old religious system, but with his own blood, he entered the most holy place once for all, having obtained eternal redemption. And then he again compares it. If the blood of bulls and goats and the ashes of a heifer, heifer sprinkling the unclean sanctifies for the purifying of the flesh, how much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God, cleanse your conscience from dead works? And what he's saying is once upon a time to try and approach God, to get right with God, we had all these external things that we could do and we could sprinkle ourselves with stuff, we could sacrifice animals whatnot and we could have communion with God through that. Hey, how awesome is it that that's all God needed for communion? But there's something else has happened here. This is Jesus. This is a new high priest who has given his own blood. And if that stuff, that old stuff, bulls and goats and burning things, if that was enough to make the outside look okay, to make the outside function on an external level, how much more could Jesus' blood go right to the centre of the human heart, of the human mind, to the seat of consciousness and actually bring a release, a freedom, a cleansing from everything that ever was, from the past, from memories that stop you moving into your future? Because often memories are associated with conscience. It says, cleanse your conscience, but hey, listen, when you think of some things that maybe you're less than proud of, you can still feel guilty. Even if you already paid the crime, paid for the crime. But the memory brings this residue straight into our conscience. I still feel really uncomfortable about that. 
Oh, that was a long time ago. You were forgiven, you know it. Yeah, I, I know, but whenever I think about it, I still feel the guilt. I still feel the shame. Hey, am I the only one who's ever experienced that? And here the writer of Hebrews is saying, there is something going on here so much more than an external cleansing and a religious observance. What God wants to do in the human heart is bring a total freedom from the fear of the past that's bound by memories of things that should never have happened for one reason or another. And so that you can then, the last couple of phrases, last couple of words says, so that you can serve the living God. Not live in the shadow of fear. Not rise to a certain level in your life where you think, you know, I'm traveling along, I'm doing well in life. And then all of a sudden hitting a, an unseen wall of fear where it's like, I just, I just can't go any further or an unseen wall of unworthiness. I just don't deserve that. I don't deserve this. I, I, I just, and I think I see a lot of people that sort of get yanked by this invisible chain. That's a fear of if people really knew who I was, if people really knew where I'd been, if people really knew what had happened to me, then maybe I wouldn't be accepted. And yet here, the writer of Hebrews is saying, you know what? What God has done in Jesus can go right to your heart. You don't have to recall where you came from. You don't have to be tied to events of the past. You can be set free for the God who is interested in your future. Again, I love what it says of Jesus as high priest, the good things to come. I just, I love that title. I'm not sure I've ever seen that title ascribed to Jesus, but there it is right there. The priest of the good things to come. You're a bit of a theologian, Greg. I can't remember ever seeing that in a book. The priest of good things to come. Who's glad to be following the priest of good things to come? And not holding the past against us, actually making a way for our past to dissolve, at least in our minds, so that our conscience is free to serve God with all our heart. Jesus cleanses the inside because God knows looking over your shoulder is no way to live. Um, I think it was, a, uh, it was an old Chinese proverb. I think it was on my mum's fridge growing up. Men walking while looking over shoulder soon encounter tree. <laughs> and yet so many people in, that, in life do that, headed through life, always looking back, always lamenting the past and always stumbling into their future. But when your conscience is clear, you're empowered to serve God. The blood of Jesus can sever that link to the past and free you to truly live again. Now, we've got a saying in our society, I guess. it's Maybe it's not said as much, but um, in the first service, most people seem to know it. We've got an, it's an idiom, you know, what they say, a pithy phrase. Facing your demons. Facing your demons. And I looked up what it actually means. It means to confront your fears or something that you've been trying 
to avoid. And when it comes to difficult memories, I honestly think that's what Jesus wants us to do. When it comes to the past, when it comes to to things that like sneak out of the crypt and grab us by the ankle as we're trying to get going in life, there has to be a confrontation. There has to be a, a bringing together of what we understand as God's word and the power of his word and the power of the cross and our past and our memories and our imagination and our self-talk and our thinking. There has to be a confrontation between the two so that we are set free to finally settle the issue and serve God with a pure conscience. And I think we all want it. And I think, you know, to varying degrees, we have it. Uh, I just thought I'd preach because there's always stuff that God wants to do in our lives. I think we want to get on with it and Jesus provides a way. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 9 is a brilliant verse of scripture and it says, For by grace you've been saved through faith and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. For by grace, by unmerited, undeserved goodness, God's grace, you have been saved. And the Greek word sozo, which, which goes way beyond just saying a prayer at an altar call or you know, giving your life to Jesus, the way we would talk about that, but to be made whole, to be brought back together. It fits with that whole thought of Ephesians chapter 1 beautifully. God wants to bring everything back together, make everything whole. It is God's unmerited favour working in you that can bring everything back together. And what activates it is faith, is simple trust, is simply believing what Jesus has done is enough and it activates something in your heart and the Holy Spirit of God is able to begin moving in your heart at the depth of your being, at the depth of your psyche. He's able to reach in and touch you right there. And that last thought is that it's the gift of God. This is all a gift. And, you know, I just have a sense this morning, I just knew that as I preached there would be a sense in the atmosphere here this morning that you could just reach out and take the gift. If you're sitting there and, and you've had scenarios running through your mind and, and you know, you know some of the things that you go to step out and it pulls you back and you want to make other relationships with people but it pulls you back. And you want to take an opportunity at work, but it pulls you back because you've been burnt before. I think there's a gift of God. There's an expectation in the air today, literally in the atmosphere, that you can reach out and say, Jesus, I want to be free of that so I can move into my future. Whether it's a bad memory of something that was done to you or a bad memory of something that you've done, I think Jesus wants to bring freedom today and at the end of the day that's the power of the cross isn't it isn't that why jesus came to set us free love willing to die for us love willing to bear our brokenness got another passage 1 peter 2 4 2 24 and it's often quoted around healing meetings etc but i'd like to broaden that thought today 
And talking about Jesus, it, it says, who himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree that we, having died to sins. And the way I would say that, having died to sins, having died to the past, having died to being tied to what lies behind us, having died to the memories of the bad stuff, might live for righteousness by whose stripes you were healed. And again, that word just speaking about made whole, made complete. Different Greek word, very similar meaning. God wants you to be healed. And that all happens through the cross. And I think sometimes we need to invite Jesus into some of the moments, some of the difficult moments that we remember of our lives. Some of the things that just won't seem to let us go. And, and, and in that moment, I think we need to, in a sense, see, I mean, our imagination can do amazing things. But to see his pain at our pain, to see that whatever happened, it broke his heart too. And again, that's why he come, to bear it away. He knows. And why did Jesus bear sin? Because he knows we can't bear it. It crushes us and grinds us into the ground. And yet Jesus come to bear our sin. And we can, in the middle, if we can identify those moments, we can invite Jesus into the middle of them. We can receive forgiveness in that moment if needed and seal the deal. Say, God, I'm not going to keep arguing with myself over this. I'm going to settle the issue. You've forgiven me. You've declared my forgiveness. Now I'm going to receive it. And if this thing tries to work its way back into my mind, I'm going to recognize it for what it is. It's just something that's trying to pull me back from the future that you want me to move into. Sometimes we need to see the depth of his love revealed in the cross because you know, I, the memories don't necessarily go, even with healing. Our lives are our lives. They are what they are. But inviting Jesus into those difficult moments can totally change the way you view that moment and how you allow that or don't allow that to affect you once you know that Jesus knows about it, is willing to bear it, has forgiven you for it and we can be free to go on. Are you guys okay? It's gotten very quiet. Does anyone know what I'm relating to or did I lose you in one of the turns? I think we live here, don't we? I think we live here. So I've got some questions that might help us to process this out a little bit and then we're going to pray. What have been some of the shaping moments of your life that recall to memory easily, whether unwanted or not? You know, those, isn't it funny how memories have a habit of just popping in, unannounced and sometimes unwelcome? What are those memories? Because I just believe if, if you want it, God wants to do something in you today in that area.
What do I recall that causes my blood to run cold with fear or my face to blush with embarrassment? <laughs> That's a way of indicating, of, of identifying those kind of memories. I mean, uh, is anyone else like me, but you can actually be in a room by yourself and no one's even around and you remember something and you can actually blush? Oh, I didn't say that, did I really? Oh, I did. I didn't do that, did I? Oh, I did. Come on, am I the only one? Don't leave me hanging up here. I know I'm not the only one. I would never ask that question if I thought I was the only one. We all know what that is. What well, those moments are maybe you've got to ask, well, you know, is that stuff I've really laid down and let Jesus carry or am I determined to drag that away from the foot of the cross every time it comes up? Do I recognise things that haunt me and hinder me from moving forward in life, which is what I'm talking about, that restrict, that bring fear? And I think this is a reasonable question, but what do I wish I could do with my unwanted memories? What do I wish I could do? I think we've got to ask ourselves that question because uh, you've got to want to get rid of it to get rid of it. Do I need to accept the forgiveness of God in situations I may never expect the forgiveness of people for. And I think that's a, that's a really big one. I, I think we've all got to understand as human beings that there are some things that are never going to be forgiven us by people. You know, and in certain circumstances, that's probably almost understandable. But we do have to understand that God's grace is so different to the way that we think on any level. A human being on their best and most gracious day has no insight into the grace of God, I don't think. Maybe people on their worst day have got a little bit of insight. And, uh, and some things people won't release you from, but there is nothing that God can't release you from. And then the last question can I bring those situations to Jesus, to the foot of the cross, to his saving, healing and restorative power? Am I willing? Am I willing to search my heart and go, you know what? These are the things that jump out at me and bar the way and I'm bringing them to Jesus today because I do believe, I do believe there is a, a, a gift of healing by the grace of God here today for hearts, that God can go where no man can go to the core of our being and bring freedom and bring release. So I wonder if you'd stand with me this morning, if you wouldn't mind, and uh, we're just going to pray really briefly. And, uh, and, and I'm just going to ask you, just in this moment, heads bowed and, and eyes closed, you know, are there things that hinder you? Are there things that jump out and bar the way that try and pull you back to a place you once came from. And that can be things that it's just straight out of the pleasure of temptation right through to the I'm not worthy to do it well anyway. It's on a whole big scale for different reasons we can feel pulled back. But if that's you, then I'm going to ask you, reach out to God just however you do it. It might be cupping a hand in front of you. It, it, it might be raising a hand to heaven right now but I, ju I just believe for the power of the Holy Spirit just all over us in the name of Jesus Father I thank you for visiting people right now right where they stand Lord as they open their heart to you as they 
they bring these things, these moments, these circumstances, these mental pictures, bring them to you right now and determine to lay them at the foot of the cross, whether they are things that we feel we have failed in or things where we feel others have failed us in. We bring them to you in the name of Jesus. Those things that are attached to a sense of self-worth, those things that are attached to that whole sense and acceptance of self-value in the name of Jesus, Father, I pray that you would, you would touch, you would bring freedom, you'd bring release by the power of the Holy Spirit into people's hearts, into their minds, imaginations. Let a cleansing of conscience happen in Jesus' name. That brings freedom to pursue you. Freedom to serve the living God. In Jesus' wonderful name. Let's just stay there for a moment. Just stay there for a moment. Receive what God wants to do in your heart. Just give those things up. Just lay them down at His feet and determine, I'm not going to pick them up. Jesus, they're yours. You bore my issues on the cross. They belong to you now. And he willingly will take them from you in Jesus' name. Father, help people to see people, help people to see their memories, help them to see those circumstances and situations differently through the eyes of Christ in, in your wonderful name, Jesus. And just, just while we're in this moment of prayer, you know, you might be here today while everyone's got their head bowed. Maybe you're here today and, um, and this isn't your journey and you would say, you know what, I recognise maybe in me there's a lot of stuff that could be dealt with. There's things that I have never um, opened up about, let alone to God, let alone to Jesus Christ. But just the same, you sense today is a good day to do that. You just sense that I could get God involved in this, in my pain, in my hurt, in my past, whatever it is. If you sense, man, forgiveness, that sounds sweet. That sounds what, that's what I need so that I can get into my future. Friend, that's, that's what Jesus wants to do in you. He, uh, he leads us in the good things to come and the past can be forgiven so that the future can be embraced. And maybe you know, you're here and you'd say, well, I've never done that, but I want to. If that's you, in a moment, we're going to pray a prayer, a very simple prayer that we've placed on the screen. And it's just a prayer of commitment to Jesus. Maybe you've never made it or you haven't done it for a long time and you just recognize today, I need God in my life. I need to open my heart to Jesus and let him in to start doing some stuff in me. Friend, if that's you, why don't you just respond? Raise up your hand right where you are. Yep, God bless you. I see that. You can put it down again. Yeah, God bless you. Anyone else here today? Come on. Just in the last moment, God bless you, mate. I see your hand. God bless you. We're just going to hang here just for one moment, just one more moment. Give people the opportunity. You're here and you just know you need to respond. Come on, if that's you, just raise up your hand. Say, I need Jesus in my heart, doing a work in my life. That's, that's what I'm signing on for. I want Jesus to work in me. Yep, fantastic. God bless you, mate. God bless you. God bless you. Wonderful. That's wonderful. We're all going to pray together. And if you responded, you just raised your hand. I just encourage you, make this prayer your own and open your heart to God. Let's all pray together, church. Dear Jesus, I believe in you. Thank you for forgiving me. Come into my life and I'll follow you 
Amen. 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 And and it's that easy to open your heart to Jesus. So, what, what church? Why don't we encourage people who just made that that step towards God? And whatever that meant for you, that's cool. You know, whatever step on the journey that is, that's cool. We want to affirm it that you're on a journey that God's at work in your life, and that is a great place to be. Um, Sarah's going to come and let us know. Uh, how we can help you in that journey. For the rest of us, let's live in the freedom that Jesus died to give us. Amen? Amen.